America, we have been given a bad check. A check that has come back labeled insufficient funds. We cannot believe that there are no funds in this mighty vault of opportunity. And this great nation, this great country that we call America. So we have come to cash a check which will give us upon demand the riches of equality and security and justice for all.
to witness so many great minds and spirits come together all about change. Welcome to the Peppermint Cat Resistance, where we are taking a stand tonight for direct democracy. And I have invited um, Terry Hand from the British Columbia Refed Party to join us. And I'm also joined by my co-host, Nick, from Direct Democracy for Canadians. And we are going to get down and dirty with direct democracy tonight. Uh, We are in need of that. we should have started with it. I don't know, because of technology, we needed the uh, representatives in our government. But now, the technology is caught up, and we have a friend, uh, Tony Brasher, who's working on a project called LawGen.org, who is going to give us that technology to uh, have direct democracy in all aspects of our lives. So... As I go on my little rant here about direct democracy, I'm going to bring in my friend Nick to say a few words. Nick? Hey, guys. Hello. Hi, Nick. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Good. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm really glad that uh, Terry Han's going to uh, come on tonight and um, and basically get into the BC Refed Party, which is um, one of their main platforms, is direct democracy. And actually, I wanted to uh, talk to Terry about uh, our Canadian Constitution or uh, lack of Canadian Constitution. So I'm pretty excited to talk to him. Can well, you I guys hear me? Yes, you're here, Terry. I brought you on. Okay. Hi, How's it going, Terry? Good. <clears throat> Apart from the snow, just got snow today again. Yeah, that's kind of strange for uh, uh, for Vancouver, isn't it? Well, for Vancouver Island, we get very little snow, but it's done nothing but snow this last uh, two months, I guess. Wow. Yeah, and the yeah. funny thing is, in, uh, here in Toronto, it was uh, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, it was double digits, uh, double digit temperatures, and for the month of February, that's uh, <laughs> kind of kind of never happened. So uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Here. I don't know uh, what to say about it, but you know, Connecticut, we're having but the same strange weather. It was 61 degrees today, and it's we're getting six inches of snow tomorrow. 
Yeah, so it's you're on the east coast. Yeah. You're on the eastern seaboard? Yes. Yeah. Yes, the weather's so, been Terry, very strange. Since we have here. you on here tonight, um, can you just give us uh, an introduction about yourself? Okay, my name's Terry Hand. I'm a volunteer and soon to be candidate for the uh, BC Refederation Party. We're a British Columbia party on the west coast of Canada, and uh, our sole platform is direct democracy for the voters. So now, how many uh, candidates do you guys have representing each riding in, in, in British Columbia? For this election, we have two. Myself and uh, one of the other um, executives. Uh, as I mentioned last time I was on the show, we had 22 back in 2008 election. We lost a lot of those uh, candidates once it was over. Most of them, I guess, got disheartened and went their separate ways. But we're still pushing it. We're just a handful of volunteers. We don't get paid by anybody. We don't have money coming in from corporations like the uh, big parties, and we don't want it. Um, so we're just doing our best to keep this uh, message going and to try and get a foothold. So since you, uh, you were talking about uh, having uh, uh, direct democracy as your main platform, why, why should we go that route, that route as citizens of Canada or even uh, uh, citizens of uh, British Columbia? Okay, well, if you if you're going to live under the under um, under a system that calls itself democracy, then the true sense of the meaning of democracy is that it's a charter of government deriving its whole power from the governed, and in that would be in the form of a constitution, which we don't have. A constitution, in simple terms, is um, basically a blueprint of how I want to be governed, how we want to be governed. It's a plan of action. This is how we want to be governed. And once the government takes that, formulates it, then they put it back to the people and say, okay, is this what you want? And the um, people are then uh, able to decide yes or no, we don't, or we want this changing, we want that changing. And um, then you have a true democracy. So can you, uh, uh, maybe for some people tuning in tonight that have never heard of direct democracy, Terry, can you just give us a brief ex explanation of what direct democracy is? Well, direct democracy means that the... Um, the voters, the people, have the ultimate authority. They can, they can veto, they can repeal, or they, alternatively, they can create the laws and the statutes. So, if you, if the people as a, as a, a combined force disagree with something, they can veto it. They can say no, we don't want that. We don't want that legislation put in force, and they can veto it. Or if there's already if there's already a law or a statute on the books, 
the people also have the um, authority to have it repealed. Uh, I, you know, I'm a big proponent of direct democracy myself. I mean, yeah, I think for, uh, I mean, it's the only way to go, really. Um, now, I, the, the biggest question I hear is, um, or the biggest comment that I hear from people is, well, how can you know this direct democracy can never work in in, in a country like Canada or and especially the states because the populations are are too big. I mean, what? How would you? Uh, how would you reply to that that question? Well, the illusion of democracy is um, is in force right now, and that they, they manage to get the votes uh, from people to keep that going. So why wouldn't true direct democracy work? Well, especially in the United States, we just had an election where the person who won the popular vote by three million votes lost. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And and no, I totally agree. I mean, with what's, what was what's the point? I mean, if the if your vote doesn't matter, then what are we voting for? I mean, we might as well just give up and let them just do whatever they want. I mean, we have to take our power back, or just let them run wild, and that's what they're doing right now. That's exactly what they're doing, and that's what they've always done in British Columbia. We didn't have any political parties until 1903. Before that, it was just um, men in the, uh, you know, in the in the province who would uh, put themselves forth and uh, acquire votes and be elected as premier of the province. Now, when you look back in history and see these men, they were all um, they were all um, railway barons. Mining barons, right. lumber barons, they had a they had a specific interest in the economy of BC, and actually they were very forceful in that economy because they they um, they employed a lot of people, but their right. whole purpose for going in wasn't uh, for the benefit of the voters; it was to strengthen their position and increase their profits. And you can go back in time for pretty well any country and see the same pattern. So, uh, going back to, uh, well, actually, it's kind of uh, stepping away from direct democracy. Do, do you feel, Terry, that uh, nowadays there's way too much power in Ottawa? And should it be, uh, should the power be more in the provinces themselves? Or do you think well, that it should be the way it's it is funny now? you say that. It's funny you say that because I was just have you ever heard of um what's his name now? Peter Hogg. No, I have I have not no. Peter Hogg is a um is a QC, a Canadian QC, and he's considered to be the most foremost authority tuition. Whenever the Supreme Court of Canada needs to um, take advice on constitutional matters, invariably they'll call up Peter. And he wrote a, a little uh, article here, and I'll just go through a couple of things with you. And he said, the, the, the Dictionary of Canadian Law defines confederation as follows. Confederation is a loose association of states in which the state governments take uh, precedence over the central government. 
Now keep that definition in mind. It's a loose association of states, provinces, in which the provinces, governments, provincial governments, take precedence over the central government. And then he goes on to say, he talks quite quite a bit about it, but he um, he ends up here in a summary, and he says he says um, in Canada the union of the provinces, like the union of the United States, established a central government which was in no sense the delegate of the provinces. Indeed, to the extent that the provinces and the central government are not coordinate. It is the provinces which are subordinate to the central government, the opposite of confederation. Yet every year on the 1st of July, people are out there waving their flags and uh, celebrating confederation. We don't have a confederation. It never happened. Just the same as we don't have a constitution. We have a constitution act and an act. An act is a... um, is an act of parliament, and in this case, it's a British parliament. So since we segued into the Constitution, um, Terry, do you mind spending a few minutes uh, on the Constitution itself, where it started and how we got to this point? Can you explain? Can you? (laughs) Okay. All right. No, because I, you know what, I, uh, no, because I, I did listen to a video uh, oh, actually, it was uh, I watched the video, and it was called uh, Canada, uh, a, a country without a constitution, and it was actually uh, narrated by, or not narrated, it was an interview with Dennis Shaw, who is, um, you're very familiar with Dennis Shaw, right, Terry? Yeah, Dennis is a good friend of mine. That's right, and uh, I mean, if anybody's out there listening right now, it's, uh, it's a great video, uh, Canada, a country without a constitution, I would... Uh, recommend it and i just fi- found it fascinating so so sorry terry if you want to get into it to, to explain to the people that's okay well the the um the constitution um the constitution act that we have it began with the um with the uh provinces of um british north america let me say it said provinces of uh, let me there was new brunswick nova scotia upper and lower canada and they came together. They wanted to form a small central government to look after uh, things like the military, um, excise tax, all of the things that generally is associated with a um, with a central government or federal government, if you want to use that word. And so, in 1866, they came together in Quebec, and they thrashed out all the um, all of what they wanted to put in this constitution or this confederation. And once that was finished, there was a delegation went to London, England, because, of course, Canada was a a colony uh, of Britain. And so they went off to London, and in Westminster, they... um, John A. Macdonald, and uh, I can't remember the rest of the delegation, but he was the major one, he, he, and then he became first prime minister. Uh, he was a lawyer, and so they took that um, Quebec resolutions, and I have the original papers, and they're very interesting papers, because whoever, 
or I should say whomever's paper this was, uh, was an amazing artist because there's doodles all over the paper. And this paper was um, straight from the 1866 meeting in Quebec. It's, a re it's quite a thing to see. And if you want copies, Nick, I can send them to you. No, you know, please, yes, yes, I would love Yeah, them. these are from the archives, Canadian archives. Anyhow, they went over there and they they uh, took this um, this um, plan or uh, outline or whatever you want to call it uh, as the basis of their um, what they of their constitution and and to form a confederation of provinces. However, it wasn't entirely done the way they'd written it up. It was changed somewhat, and the British government then created the British North America Act, which became and was presented as the Canadian Constitution. And that's been in, in force since, uh, since 1867, and we've had changes to it in um, 1982, I believe it was, when they say that they uh, refeder, they how did they say it? They repatriated the co the constitution, which didn't really happen, but it sounds good. <laughs> so and so um, that, that that's basically how it started. They wanted a small central government. But they always wanted control, and of course, the, one of the things that they always want to control is the money and the right to collect money. And so the, the, the federal government, the central government, has always been um, disallowed from direct taxing the people. In fact, they they had to get uh, permission to tax the uh, people of uh, the provinces um, when the uh, just just at the cusp of the end of World War One, they needed money, and the federal government approached the provinces to be able to direct tax um, the citizens on a temporary basis. So that's a hundred years ago, and we still we still paying income tax. It's always temporary, you know. <laughs> yeah, they always say temporary. Yeah, they didn't yeah, give like the definition of temporary. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat's a little bit hoarse here tonight. So I just find that absolutely fascinating that we're all led to believe that we have some sort of constitution. When, when in fact and the, each of the provinces is the same, Nick. If you go, if you go uh, to your um, local provincial legislature and ask to see a copy of uh, the provincial constitution, you'll find out that it's a, a constitution act, and an act is a is an act of parliament. What it is, it's a uh, or, or an act of the legislature. It's a bunch of politicians getting together and saying, okay. We've made up these set of rules that you guys are going to live by. Here it is. <laughs> Enjoy so, it. So essentially, what you're saying, Terry, is, is basically a a real constitution 
is something that is drafted up and it's uh, voted on by people, by the, by the citizens. It has to exactly. be agreed on by the citizens. That's the true definition of a constitution, yeah. It's a charter of government deriving its whole authority from the governed. Right, and government really is uh, people. Is, 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 I mean, a true government is actually people. Yeah, well, not, I mean, government, basically all it is is an administration that the people put in place and say, okay, here's the orders, carry them out. But that's not what happens right The opposite now. actually happened right now. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's they, why they we, actually, have to, we have to change things. So they actually got him by, uh, well, they... They went behind and, and closed doors, and then they, well, they told us. Well, basically, us what, what it was, was um, yeah. in 1931, the the British government offered or gave um, Canada, the Canadian provinces, Canada, gave them the opportunity with the Statute of Westminster to become to become sovereigns. So we're we're a sovereign um, na- uh, sovereign people. Now, at that point in time, each of the provinces should have got together and said, "Okay, we're now sovereign. So now we're going to introduce a constitution." And they would have, they should have, put out um, a survey asking what what the voters wanted with regards to all of the different aspects of how how they want to be governed, judicially, um, pretty well down to everything, how they wanted the vote to, to how the, the system of voting, um, and the people would then say, okay, we'll accept that, and, and that would be ratification of that uh, constitution. Once it's ratified, it's law. But that was never done. It was never. It's never been offered. Neither, neither in BC or any of the other provinces, or even federally, or even in the UK for that matter, they don't have a constitution that's been ratified by the by the people. Now, uh, in in Canada, I, I know we have a governor general, and I, I just find this really hilarious. It's a governor general that is appointed by the prime minister. Correct. Now, and and apparently the governor general has got more power than the prime minister. Correct. Yeah, he because can. He, he's got ultimate power in Canada. The the prime minister or the governor general. The governor general has ultimate power. If if the um, if the federal government um, bring in legislation, it, everything goes through the governor general and it's signed off. If the governor general doesn't doesn't um, agree or, or uh, think that that's uh, conducive to um, what should be done, then he or she will just send it back again, say make the changes. And that's the same in British Columbia and pretty well every province. And each province has their uh, lieutenant governor general, I believe, right? Yeah, left- lieutenant uh, governors, and, and they... Um, they're appointed also. Um, I believe they're okay. They're appointed by the governor general, um, and they uh, they have the same powers within the province. Paul, so do you think that there, 
them? All ahead, provinces have them? I'm sorry. I just want to be clear. All provinces have Yeah, each have province has a legislative it. assembly. Okay. Because in same, same as each each state uh, has a legislature, does it not? Yes, but they're a little bit different in that the uh, lieutenant governor is a, in Connecticut is an elected position. It is not appointed. Right. Okay. So essentially, well, that's a little, are, little that's a little bit more democratic than we are. Slightly. Yeah. Slightly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the U.S. Constitution was always the envy of the world, basically. And the Swiss system, which is one of the um, direct democracy uh, governments in the world, yeah. uh, they kind of base theirs on the U.S. system as far as the uh, federal. The only difference with uh, the U.S. Constitution, I think I touched on this last time I spoke, is that... Um, that was never ever ratified by the people of no. the United States. No. It was ratified by the the movers and the shakers, the landowners and the people who were were um, wealthy. In fact, I believe in the states, you uh, at one time you couldn't vote unless you owned land. Correct. That is true. I'm not too well up on U.S. politics now. And women didn't get the right to vote until 1920. Right. That was so well due to the suffragette movement. Right. But here's the funny thing, Terry, is that not a lot of people know that. Everybody thinks that the Constitution or, or our Constitution or whatever you want to call it was something that uh, maybe they're the, under the assumption that it was something that the people wrote. But, but it never was. It's not even an assumption. It's a, an indoctrin. It's an indoctrination. They taught that at school. My granddaughter came home a few weeks ago, and uh, she she just wrote some um, essay, and it, it was regarding the constitution. <laughs> and I was <laughs> I was very tempted to uh, phone up the teacher, but I know that that wouldn't have gone any place. Uh, wow, that is just I just find that so fascinating Anyhow, so I hope anybody I mean, we taught this from being young that. Oh, absolutely, yeah yeah. And it's yeah. it's emphasized Whenever you pick something up Pay a newspaper, a magazine You watch the television, the news They always talk about Well, that's a constitutional matter We have to, you know, it has to be a charter challenge Or, or whatever but realistically, there is no constitution. We have a set of rules that was put together for us by politicians, whether we like it or not. It's like Hitler invading Poland and saying, okay, here's the rules. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's either you no different. Or, you, or you die. <laughs> yeah, it's no right? different, really. It's just no, it's not. bloodless. <laughs> well, that's, that, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's not... Uh, sound like they're holding a barrel and, uh, and that's the you know that's the only head. thing that will say will save us and it is becoming um people are becoming aware of it and i see that all the time now i mean the fact that you guys have a group uh, and a a blog radio talking about it i've, I've watched this um awareness grow 
uh, over the last uh, 12, 15 years or so. And it is getting stronger. People are becoming more aware. It's funny because I watched the television the other night, which I rarely do as far as news. And they were talking about, they'd been out on the street interviewing people. Why don't you trust the the news anymore? And people were giving their opinion, basically because you tell lies. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So the one place you're, you're you're supposed to get that some you know some unbiased truth some truth, you're not getting that anymore. That's so right. So it's like if you if you're going to the place where you're supposed to get the truth, and they're telling you nonsense and lies, then I would you know it, it's not shocking that they're the, the, you know the, they um they don't trust the news right. The U.S. Right. media and, and realistically the the the, the news uh, the media is. Uh, the fundamental um their fundamental job is to keep people informed in an impartial and objective way, showing both sides of the story, but they don't no, they don't at all the u s media is the worst they, we have the worst blackout they never talk about anything international if they do it's a fire um we are so uninformed about what's going on in the world for the people that just get their News from the TV. They know nothing about what's going on in the world at all. That's nothing. why they'd love to shut the internet down. Bro, yeah. Oh, I yeah, mean, they're, the they're working so on brainwashed. it. The people are so brainwashed. It was Bernie Sanders. Um, they tried so hard to keep him down. And the media uh, worked overtime on maligning him. But ultimately, his truth did win out, and he would have won the nomination if Hillary did not have it locked down. I mean, the whole election process in the United States is so convoluted and uh, uh, ripe with corruption. It's just terrible. She had this, there's something called superdelegates that the... Uh, super what? Superdelegates. I didn't catch the Gallagher. Superdelegates. Yeah, it's, ridi- it's ridiculous, Terry. Um, yeah. She had... You have to get a certain amount to get the nomination of the party. And she already had them locked down years in advance. So so Bernie knew he was never going to win unless he flipped those superdelegates. And they were so entrenched and so um, to her and loyal to her that they would not do it. And that's ultimately why he did not win the nomination. But uh, that's – I mean – he ran his campaign and he woke up the the country. And that is why after the inauguration we had the largest protest in the history of the country. That is why there are groups springing up at an enormous rate in protest of Trump. Um he every negative thing that Trump does it incites a, a complete and total reaction. And the reaction is so strong, and the wave of progressives that is going to come and take over in the next election, um, I'm hoping it's independents and not Democrats, because we've had enough of the two-party system. And, uh, we Do need they have independents down there? Yes, yes. Connecticut, especially my state, uh, had, um, had an independent governor. Uh, uh, there's an independent governor in Maine. Uh, there are independents, and 
and they're coming more to the fore now because everybody's so sick of the two-party system. And I am running as an independent governor in Connecticut if Bernie Sanders does endorse me. Um, I, I won't be able to do it any other way because I won't be able to raise the money without his endorsement. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm fighting the fight. And we have the fight of our lives on our hands because with his deregul- with Trump's deregulation, we are looking at disaster. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I, it could put the future of humanity into extinction territory. We're already in an extinction event right now with two thirds of the, we're going to lose two thirds of the animals by 2020. I mean, who's, and we're, and we're so great that we can't be extinct too. Sure. We can, especially if we keep pushing the, the envelope. So, I mean, we have a fight. Well, you heard, it, you know, you heard Stephen Hawkins prediction, right? Yes. He said, due to uh, humans being selfish, they're basically going to self-destruct. Greed and ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, Terry, does your party advocate, even though you guys are a political party, does your party advocate leaders? Uh, And if you guys, let's say if you guys were to win. Uh, we had a leader a while, while back, but we we um, we don't um, we don't uh, endorse leaders. Uh, leaders are um, basically they have their own egos. A lot of times they're uh, they're easily bribed, and having a leader who dictates to the rest. I mean, look at um, they call it whip. If you go into any legislature, you have the you have the premier, and you have the party whip, and the members of cabinet. If they don't vote the way the leader or the whip wants, then um, it's it's their way or the highway kind of thing. Now, what is the whip? Is that like the whip? He his job his job is to. Um, is to bring, is to put out the, um, I won't say policies, but if they've got any, um, they've got any statutes, uh, not statutes, but, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I'm sorry, my head's not with it tonight. So they set. The, you're saying they set. They set the policy. The policies for the political party. Basically, yeah. The the, uh, okay. the leader and the whip. They're the ones that, that push them, and they keep the the others in uh, in line. In check. I guess it's. I, I guess uh, you can relate it to uh, to a slave ship. <laughs> the guy who makes the guys uh, roll faster. <laughs> right. See. There you go, and that's why I advocate for no political. For well, I don't advocate for leaders. Now, Chris was a he's he's on the show from time to time, and I don't know, maybe he's looking at it from a different view or something. But he's he thinks that you still need leaders, and I say you don't. I say leaders are the problem because there's only one. All you need is all you need is a group of people that can uh, carry out orders. And they can communicate. Uh, Chris is okay. I think I remember he was on last time, was he not? He was. Yes. Yes, yes, he was. Yeah. 
Right, and he, and his his argument was how can you get the um, the information about the party across to the public? Well, you don't need a leader for that. No. No, especially this day and age with the, with the internet. No, we don't need it now. But see, the problem, especially in the United States, is that we don't have an educated populace, and. That is a major problem because you will have a lot of people that don't know what they're – that are making decisions that are uninformed, and we need to have a massive re-education of the people. I mean – And that's not intrinsic to the United States. That's the same in no. England. It's the same in uh, – in Canada, I mean, I've lived on both con- on uh, I've lived in this continent, and I've lived across the, the pond, and I've uh, I've seen and um, been involved with politics over there as as a voter. I've never been involved with politics in England um, as a candidate or anything like that. But there's no difference. They've got um, they put uh, two main parties together. You've got the uh, You've got the governing party and you've got the opposition. They basically both got the same agenda, and the whole purpose really is just to divide the populace. Right. You know the the people who who uh, say middle class will tend to vote for liberal, or in England it would be the conservatives, and the working people would vote for the. NDP, and in England it would be Labour. Now, the, the parties have changed over there now. I'm not really, I don't follow it. But that was basically what it was. So if you was working class, you voted for Labour because because they was the, the people, uh, the party for the people. Right. Which is a bunch of, well, no, no, you're, you are right, Terry. Uh, but uh, at the same time, they are all the same, even though one stands for the working part or the working man stiff, and the other one stands for the more, uh, you know, I guess left wing, right, right wing, Stephanie down in the states, Republicans. Right, right wing. Yeah, you know the you know the upper class. Right. And, and so they're always trying to keep uh, uh, trying to keep people divided constantly. And uh, well, that's, yeah, just, and if, and if you look back in history at, at, at the different times that the different parties have been in power. You got to at some point stand back and say, well, you know, they've been in power 15, 20 times, whatever, and they've been in power 30 times. Yet nothing's changed. <laughs> you, right. you think with the fact that they've been alternating in power, something mu- would have had to have changed to better the life of the individual. And well, has, I no, think, it's gone worse. I think yeah, they've just consolidated things- their power. Sorry. That's right. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Stephanie. I just want to say I think now because – and this is what I had hoped with Trump's election, that people would become more politically active, and that's what he's doing. He's getting the opposite effect of what he wants. He's getting a very engaged public that are now looking more closely at what's going on because they were just you know, going through their lives – you know, sleepwalking and not paying attention to what was happening in politics, always with that attitude. No, I don't. I don't think about politics. But now it's in your face, and now you can't escape it. So, uh, 
you know, that being said, I think with the internet, people are doing a little bit more research. And I like to think that, you know, shows like mine and others are, are making people think and getting involved and inspiring action, you know, because we need it. We need it badly. That's trouble. right. The, the social media and um, things like blog talk radio um, gives people the opportunity to hear an alternative view. Whereas for the most part, they sit they sit watching that idiot box every uh, night. That's terrible. Um, you know, watching ridiculous um, sit uh, not sitcoms. What do they call them? Reality oh, shows. reality shows. Oh, yeah. oh. they are just yeah. terrible. They're they're just the bottom of the barrel, and we have a reality show president now. I mean, that's the worst. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's why that's why they love them. Right, that's it is. That's why he got elected. Because they, yeah. because the American dream, he is the corrupt American dream. I mean, he's he's the billionaire with the planes and the and the pretty women, and you know, he's he's what the Republicans dream of being, you know, right. and and what he is is a shallow, moronic, abhorrent idiot, and every yeah, the whole world people are made that. to be like that. From watching these shows, they're made to life. be like that. They, they, the, 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 that little, that little screen tells them what to do, what to buy, what to wear, and they, and they change it. They, they change it each year. Okay, you, you hear people say, "Oh, those are, those are high heels. Those are sold last year," because the industry changes the styles each year, increasing right. their profits. Right. It's. It's um, you told you told everything, you're told how to live your life, buy stuff you don't want with right. money you don't have, and go <laughs> go into debt for it. It's ridiculous when people stop looking outside themselves to um, for what makes them happy. That's when the world will change, because right. everybody's looking outside themselves for what they need, and it's right inside of themselves. You know, the answer is within. And you need but more. You, more people are more connected. But, you guys, but do you guys think that maybe it's going to take some sort of, um, you know, 1930s scenario where the stock market crashes? And, it's coming. And everybody's. No, but well, we've had a couple of preludes to that already. I mean, it's the, the uh, junk bond market, the um, the toxic mortgages. That was this. Uh, there was a good movie I watched. Uh, Called Inside Job. Yes, excellent. Did you see that? That was an excellent uh, movie. It documented everything. See, those are the things that people should be looking at. Yes, everybody who's listening, watch Inside Job. That explains everything. (laughs) But what I'm saying though is, see, a lot of people are in La La Land right now, right? And 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 you know what, Terry, you're right. There's a lot of people that are. Uh, waking up because I've noticed uh, the uh, Facebook groups are doubling when it comes to direct democracy. So, but it, I mean, it's kind of sad that it's it has to take uh, a stock market crash or a housing crisis or something that's gonna that's gonna put a lot of people out of work. Because uh, if you go through history, I mean, it happened in France with uh, Marie Antoinette. I right. mean, she took everything, and then when she took bread. Uh, you know, people had nothing now, and they're just like, "Screw it!" You know, 
Yeah, let I mean, them eat cake. I mean, does it have to go to that point, though? It seems the history repeats. Well, for, for human nature is like that. They, they, we we are basically lazy. Well, you just keep you know? repeating the same story over and over and over again. It's so ridiculous. When are we going to learn the lessons? You know. Well, but but here's another thing too, though. Is okay. So everybody's working and they have money and they're. But that too is 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 uh is destroying the planet because I mean capitalism is based on uh, growth. And and how Unbridled. much you consume. So I mean, See, on, on a planet, ca- that's here's my thoughts on that. Capitalism right. isn't a problem in and of itself. It's it 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 provides a free market. What we have is we have monopolistic capitalism, whereby we allow monopolies to exist, which right. which just stomp out all competition. Which removes any kind of uh, fair deals for uh, the consumers, and when they have monopolies like that, then they want they 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 want to increase their profits uh, for the shareholders, and so they start to do things like moving moving their production to offshore um, countries. I think Nike was the first one to do it. What they did was the they closed their factories, fired all the workers. Then they took the money that they saved on that and they put it into marketing. Now everybody knows that little check mark. They don't have to see the name. They just see the check mark and they know that's Nike. They're now making their jogging shoes and runners in China and some... Some young kid is uh, is making three bucks an hour and can't afford the Nike shoes, and they're selling over right. here for 150 bucks. Right. And your job's gone over there as well. But Terry, I have to disagree with you on the capitalism thing, right? So I mean, like, I think the the whole system of capitalism is you're allowed to become a monopoly eventually. I mean, it's a game, right? It's the, and the whole game is. How well, that's where we would, we, we would be able to control that with um, with direct democracy because we'd set in uh, rules. And, and in, in fact, corporations only existed in the United States for certain projects. And and then as they got stronger, they they began to um, obtain personhood. The uh, corporations now uh, have almost got the same rights as a human. Yeah. Are they doing the United they're States? Corporate, they're corporate persons. They, yeah. In the United States, they did that. Citizens United gave corporations the same rights as people, and we've been trying to overturn it ever since. Yeah, and see, they, they, they've grown too powerful, and now that they control the governments, they change the laws however they want. In fact, Citibank was writing um, bills. For Congress, they were actually writing them up for the for the banking industry. <laughs> That's crazy. And, well, and then you can research crazy. that and, and find the information on it. You want a you want a good laugh today? The the Trump White House faux pas of the day was that they did a press release and they plagiarized Exxon Mobil's press release. They used <laughs> the same exact words. 
Can you believe that? It's just the jokes just don't stop coming, you know. They just don't stop. Well, nothing surprises me anymore after this no, election. It's just it's it's so over the top insane. You just can't quantify it anymore. So uh, I mean. I mean, the inmates have taken over the asylum. Yeah. Sorry, Nick. No, no, you're right, Terry. They they have, you know. But I I I see where you're coming from with with direct democracy because if you put uh, the power of law into the hands of the people and and the power of the well, let the people draft up a a constitution, then when you you wouldn't have these uh, these oligarchies, if you want to call them, or these uh, monopolies. They would never. They would never have because you would have the regulation, the rules and regulations in place. That's where your because authorization I mean, comes in to repeal laws and legislation. But can we also control? I mean, wouldn't the environment be more important than than a capitalist society, Terry? Because I mean, I mean, we only have one planet. We well, I think you'd have to live side by side because we still have to. We still have to trade and we still have to manufacture. We still need people to buy goods, um, but with with uh, again with um, with a direct democracy um, structure in place, the people could decide uh, what was best environmentally, and they could uh, they could produce um, laws and um, statutes. To limit the amount of pollution, I mean, let's face it. What's happening right now? I mean, they're dumping anything and everything anywhere they want. There's no, there's no protection. There's no environmental protection. Again, that's another no, illusion. No, and you could just go to uh, you go to Shanghai or Beijing, and they're all wearing masks. Right. And uh, and they ask these uh, these people, you know, don't you find that weird? That you're wearing masks, and they say, and they uh, they find nothing wrong with it. Yeah, that, and that just blows my mind. But how mind about? You, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jerry. Go ahead, Jerry. China has just uh, made some major announcements that they plan on cleaning up the uh, the air. Uh, they're supposed to be um, they're supposed to be supplying fifty fifty thousand. Taxi cabs that run on electric, I believe, and they've got a, a bunch of other things that they're implementing. I mean, they're going to have to do something because we're all going to be choking, including themselves. Right, but they, they don't think that here. The right wing here wants to grab every last uh, drop of oil out of the ground, and uh, no matter if the pipeline's bursting or not, uh, you know, and. Uh, they money, won't be money, happy money. And that's all it is. It's the greed, greed, greed. It's I think insanity. I think Michael Moore said it best. He said if you take a CEO, he said, um you could sell him the rope to hang himself if there was a dollar in it. <laughs> and it's true. Yeah, that is very good. It's true. Very true. But so we have to I, I'm going back greed. to this capitalism thing. I you know, it's it's even though you have controls in place. Um, how much growth can you have on a plan? I mean, because I mean, it, ultimately you want to sell as much as you can to make profits. But 
mean, I mean, we live in a finite. Well, you have to stop mon monopolies. Planet. You have to stop them forming monopolies. They did that in the banking industry. I mean, they put they put a lot of uh, small banks uh, out of business in the 30s when the when the depression struck. And I mean, that was an implemented uh, phenomenon. It wasn't it wasn't something that naturally occurred. That was intentional. There was a great transfer of wealth from the right. bottom to the top. Yep. And at the end of it, there was a lot of small, more and par, um, I forget what they called them down there. Do you remember that uh, show, It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas show? Yes, yes. Savings and loan companies, I think they were. Yes. And a lot of them were privately owned by families. And then, uh, of course, there's the larger banks. They all got gobbled up. And the big boys, uh, the J.P. Morgans, Goldman Sachs, the Rothschilds, all these, all these different um, financial entities just made a killing on it. They caused it, and they benefited from it. We saw the same thing in 2008. Right. Uh, and just, sorry, I have to go back to the capitalism thing again. Now right. with the upcoming technology, now you're seeing it now. I mean, uh, with automation. I mean, how is that? Uh, as humans, who have to, you know, have to survive, who need money under a capitalist society. If you have a uh, an economy based on automation, what what are we supposed to do? Like, are we? That's going to be. You know what, uh, Nick? That's going to be one of the biggest problems we're going to face. And and no government that I know so far are doing anything about it. Well, Automation is going to be the biggest crippler of these of nations, and and jobs are going to we're not we're just not going to have the jobs. We need a universal. That's what I'm trying to explain, though. That's what I'm trying to say is is now you have this uh, new economy, this autom uh, ro robotic economy, and right. what I'm trying to say is I think the time for capitalism is over. Because capitalism was based on a free market and you know, uh, you know, a mom and pop shop opening up a store, making right. money. I mean, when I was, a was kid, you walked down the street, and, and every every store, uh, every, and anything you could ever want was there. It was a neighborhood uh, area that you would shop, and it was all mom and pop businesses. And then the supermarkets came in and put most of them out of business. Then the big the big box stores came in and finished off what was left. And even now, we're seeing it in Canada with some of the bigger companies. Um, no disrespect, but we've got a lot of American companies coming in now and uh, buying up uh, Canadian companies. And um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> well, I'll give you an example. Home Depot uh, uh, came into our town, and and uh, within within three or four years, uh, most of the other small um, lumber companies uh, had gone out of business. But that's not all. Um, How about Walmart? Do you have that? Yeah, we have that. Yeah, I've never go. been. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I have my. <laughs> but I, I did a, I have a, um, a 
part-time business. I'm, I'm semi-retired, and I'm in the the uh, amusement industry business. In the summer, I, I go to festivals and things. But I was hired by uh, Home Depot uh, for a couple of Christmas events that they had one year. And after it was finished, normally when, when I've done a job like that, I get paid the, on the same night that I've done it. Anyhow, I'm trying to cut a long story short here. I waited for six weeks for a check from these guys. And finally, I went in and got a hold of the manager. And I said, look, what's going on? Uh, you guys broke, or what's what's happening here? And the guy said, oh, he apologized. And he said, well, he said, what we have to do is we have to get the check sent from head office down in the States. And I said, you can't write out a $400 check? And he said, no. I said, what do you do when you need toilet paper? He said, it all comes up from the States. Really? Wow. Yeah, so they're they're buying products from their head offices, transporting it up here, and they don't cut checks locally. They get them from head office and up. They have wow. to authorize it. Wow. Now the thing, the question, my next question would would be to that is, is that a form of creative bookkeeping for tax purposes? Is, does that limit the amount of tax that they pay in Canada? Probably, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, and that's, wanna, my, that's my feeling on it. They don't want to do banking in Canada, apparently. Well, I don't know about the banking, but um, well, I know they with, they the, um, with the they purchases and requisitions, they have to get it from, from right. down the States. Wow. I can't remember where their head office is now. Somewhere in the, I think it's somewhere around... Virginia, maybe. Hmm. Um, you yeah, know, I found, I found that really strange. The corporations are really out of control. They're just, they're raping and pillaging. Yeah, and they kill local economies. Even in the states, yes. I think Walmart, oh, Walmart um, executives used to take bets on on how fast local businesses would go out of business once they moved in. And they've left a hole in some communities. Oh, they're just hollowed out shells. They're just, yeah. you know, it's. There are a lot of specialty shops now that I notice. Um, but for the most part, the mom and pop, uh, the mom and pop hardware stores and, uh, you know, all those little stores that make up the big Walmart are all gone now. Right. And and realistically, most of the, you know, getting back to this robotics that we're talking about, um, with the advent of the Internet and places like Amazon, oh yeah, uh, we're going to see some of these big box companies fold up and close because most of it's going to be done um, by a drone. They're going to be delivering via drones. I just read an more article. More, I think it was about four years ago that Christmas online sales for the first time exceeded um, conventional, traditional sales at, at, at the local stores. That's correct. So more people are now shopping online. Well, I just read an article today that, and it's not just because of online sales, but 
a tremendous amount of the traditional box stores like Sears, J.C. Penney's, uh, Macy's. They're closing up now. They're, right. They they can't they and it, and it and it's because of the it's just the the people have changed. They're not shopping in those stores anymore. And well, people don't have money too. Well, right, they I mean, don't I have talk money. to people and they say they say I shop at Walmart because I can't afford anything else. Right. And they have a bumper sticker on Save Our Jobs. <laughs> uh, <right. laughs> That's you know. The middle class is it's sad, out. but it's funny at the same time. And it, you have to laugh, otherwise you cry. You know. Yeah. But see, that's what I was saying. But the whole the whole ro- robotic economy is, is capitalism pretty much shot itself in the foot. Because as as they evolve, they like you know like what Terry was explaining, you know, it was a mom pop short uh, shop, and then it evolved to a supermarket, and then it, so eventually now we're getting to the point now where. Everybody's gonna be out of a job, and uh, who's gonna buy this stuff? So that's why I feel capitalism is, in my mind, is 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 outdated. And I think we need a right. new system in, in 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 place to replace it. I mean, well, I think the next five years are going to be very interesting in that regard, anyway, because um, I hear that people like Wendy's are now using um, automatic electronic um, servers. McDonald's too. McDonald's. You go and buy something at some of the stores now and they have their checkout lanes. I got asked that in uh, Home Depot. I was buying some stuff and I couldn't find a a cashier that was, I was waiting in line. The the lady said, I can help you over here. It's uh, self-service. So I just... I said, uh, do I get a discount for doing the work? Right, exactly. <laughs> I said, well, that I'm not that a, dumb. That isn't a terrible question to ask. Because, I mean... Well, no, I mean, if I'm doing the work, retail, I want a discount. You go into a retail grocery store and you pay a tremendous amount of money for the food, then you have to check it out yourself on top of it? When you're paying that's retail how, prices? That's how dumbed down people are. They do all the work and pay the same price. And who gets the benefit? Not me. <laughs> I have a wonderful discount grocery store I go to. I mean, and one one example I'll give you. The retail price for the tomato sauce I buy is 12.99 a jar. I get it for $4.50. It's like a 48-ounce <laughs> bottle. I mean, people really pay $13 for a jar of sauce, really? I mean, I, I would never in a million years. It's crazy. It is. <laughs> and people follow like sheep. They just go ahead and and do it. People point to the self-serve and they walk over and they serve themselves. They put somebody out of job. They do all right. the work and they get nothing in, in return for it. No, and that's exactly... How the whole world is set up for the common man, you know. Yeah. And, and I, I and, still to this day don't use my debit card in the machine. My really? wife does, but I don't. No, I won't. I want to see somebody in front of me. And even even the ladies in the bank have said to me, you know, you can do this at the machine. I said, yeah, but I won't have the pleasure of talking to you anymore, will I? 
<laughs> You'll yeah, be looking that, for That's a beautiful thing, Terry. That's a very beautiful thing. Because the, we're, we are isolating ourselves from each other at such an incredible rate. I mean, we don't have people checking us out at the cashier. We don't have people helping us in the departments that we shop in. I mean, there's, there's just, we're devoid of hum, we have, we're devoid of humanity. Yeah, you got to put your own oil in now when you go to the gas right. station and your own gas, and now you're paying the same price. It used to be, you used to get it cheaper. If you Six guys yourself, would come out right? in white coats and they'd clean your windows. And right. <laughs> Remember them old ads? Yes. Yes. Oh, where the I used to watch these old America, these old movies in 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 the U.S. when I when I lived in England, and I used to be amazed at all this service they they pull in with the car and they'd come out and they'd check the gas, they'd check check the oil. And the water, the the washer fluid, and they'd um, they'd uh, give the windscreen a, a cleaning. Now, you, you you help yourself, and then they they throw the change at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you but, look you know, I and... do. See, I'm sorry. I do ahead. see a flip side to uh, to everything being automated, Terry. And Stephanie, I think, I mean, it's a, it could be a good thing also. Yes, absolutely. But, uh, but the only way, though, is is if we rid of the capitalist system. And well, I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, uh, Zeitgeist. Yes. Or I've even, seen it uh, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's probably been changed quite a bit since I watched about five, six years since I watched that. I think you did come over the second one. I think it's Zeitgeist yes. Addendum, I think it's called. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yep. what they what they say in those videos makes total sense. I mean, we're gonna get to a point in uh, in, in uh, uh, human evolution that we're not gonna need money anymore. And basically, what it's all gonna be about it's gonna be about uh, maintaining what we have. And uh, I mean, uh, those dead and boring jobs that we used to do to get you know a few dollars is is all gonna be automated out. And I think it's going to give people, um, and, and it's not a, us, a utopia by any means, but but it's going that direction anyway. So why why shouldn't we use it towards our advantage instead of a uh, um, a corporation? Right. Because I mean, even even if if they automate everything out, who who's going to buy this stuff? Because at that point, no one's going to have any jobs. Nobody's going to have any money. So no. that, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I think capitalism. You have to have money in the economy. People yeah, have to have money to be, to be able working. to spend it in the in the economy to keep it to, to keep it going. Well, yeah, that's how money works, right? Money's got to be circulating yeah. all the time, and if once it stops, when one one guy's hoarding it like like they're doing now, then that's how you get you know. Uh, uh, you know, unemployment. Well, that's how they that's how they create inflation. They they right. increase or decrease the amount of money in circulation. That's right. That's right. Raise the interest rate. Inflation basically is a tax. Right. We lose yeah. our purchasing power by it. Yeah. So I mean, you are right. In the next five years, it's going to be uh, some. It's going to be interesting. I told my granddaughter last night, she's she's moving into high school um, in September, and uh, they're 
right now they're choosing, they're electing, they're electing which uh, subjects they want to um, they want to take. And on that list was robotics, and I was saying to her, "That's the one you want to go into, robotics. That's the thing of the future." No, absolutely, absolutely. And the schools aren't um, teaching it to any great extent, and the government doesn't seem too concerned about it, and they should be, because it's going to become a very major problem in the next few years. Well, they're actually encouraging companies to go uh, with robotics. They're actually they're getting they're giving rebates to companies to retrofit their manufacturing to to, to retrofit their factories. So they can go more automated. So right. <laughs> the government's actually behind them, saying, "Yeah, go for it." But of course, with government, they know they don't see the uh, picture. They're not looking to the future. They're uh, considering today. No, because they only work in four-year spurts. They know there's no long-term planning. It's always no. You know what? No, what and, and a lot of times on. these corporations are pumping money into their into their party uh, coffers. So yes. that's the incentive all the for them. All the time. Yeah. And then when they leave politics, they get a nice job on the board of directors with a nice salary. Yes. It's, yeah, that's how it usually works out. I mean, yeah, now we have... Consultants. Uh, we have Goldman Sachs in the... Uh, in, as, uh, the tre- in the treasury. Um, we We have the... Fox in the hen house, and they're going to destroy right. every branch of. They're going to destroy every department of the government, and it's really to watch this. Are the bankers or lawyers? <laughs> I'm sorry. What bankers or lawyers? No, they're not even that. Said, yeah, when, when you get into into uh, the the political system, and they're, especially in the states, they're either bankers, lawyers, right. or right. oil men. But I'm talking about Trump's administration. They're billionaire idiots, and they're yeah. they're crazy. I call them the insane clown posse. They are just they're there to to destroy the agency in which he put them in charge of. And we're watching the wholesale destruction of our government. And I every day just it's like watching a lumberjack with an axe chop at a tree. And Maybe I'm watching, there'll and be I'm a watching. second. American Revolution. <laughs> there has to be. There has to be. I'm. I'm calling it. I'm. I'm trying to get it to go. I'm. Uh, I. I'm Nui Debu USA. Uh, Nui Debu is a movement in France that started last March. That it's the uh, the people are tired, and they're revolting against corruption. They're revolting against uh, the government uh, doing uh, taking away. Labor protections and uh, labor practices, uh, just hurting the people in general. And uh, I became uh, like Occupy didn't spread. Nui Debu did as well. And I took the uh, Twitter and I have a Facebook page as well, Nui Debu USA. N U I T D E B O U T USA. Uh, you know, we all have to stand together. As one, this country, this world needs all of us to fight for it. Because if we let the 1% run wild as they are right now, we're not going to have a planet B to go to. 
Totally agree. Right. Well, I've got five minutes left, and then I have to go. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Terry. We really is it's really always a pleasure to have you. Okay. Yeah, it's good to have a chat. I enjoyed that. So I'll, yes, I'll send you that information, Nick. Yeah, please. I'll send yeah, you. I'm gonna, uh, I, I, I should be able to post it on Facebook, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, they'll okay. just come in yeah. as images. Okay, perfect. You I might have to make them smaller. I don't know. I, I can I can adjust the sizes of them and send them to you. As long as you can read them, that'll be fine. Yeah. That's okay. Fine. All right, so I'm going to ring off and I'll uh, talk to you guys later. Thanks a lot, um, Stephanie. Have a great night. Good night. Bye-bye. Take care. So it's you you and I, Nick. (laughs) Yeah, it's you and I now. That was great. Terry's always a wonderful guest. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, uh, he was telling me the last election they had, I think he was saying up to 22 representatives and then, I guess they got uh, discouraged after they lost, but I mean, um, when you're going up against uh, you know a three-party dictatorship like we have here, it's going to take a while to got to keep you got to keep people fighting. on, right? Yeah, yeah, because like even in the states, they've been uh, you know they've been indoctrinated with this left-right paradigm for over I don't know, is it 250 years now? 200 years? Right. Yes. So they do I have mean, other parties uh, and, back in the early of early history. There was the Whig Party yeah. and the Federalists and and stuff. That's but, right. uh, they're no longer. <laughs> no, no, and now it's just uh, it's either blue or red, right? That's so it. That's your choice. And a lot of people don't know; they can't see past that. Day, you know, was well, it's, it's my you know, dream? Either the pick of the red or the blue. I was hoping so intently that I would hear back from a senator, former Senator Gravel. Um, I mean, I, I know he's uh, he's getting on. He's uh, 86 years old, but uh, I really wish he would consider starting a direct democracy party with me. I would love to do it. I mean, I think it's needed. Um, there isn't a party that I know of right now that has direct democracy platform. Uh, we need it. We need it. We need someone screaming for it. And the more people that learn about it and understand that it gives the people the control, you know, I think they'll, I think they'll get it, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, speaking of which, I mean, I think it's, it's going to happen on, on it's going to start on social media. Right. And then it's going to, it's going to work its way uh, through, through that way and I can I can see it uh, I mean I, I get people contacting me in uh, Dallas and I, I'm pretty sure yourself about about direct democracy and they have a group and they want us to help and I was like yeah you know we're we're here to help uh, help each other right and it's and it, it is growing it's it's I think people are researching it and they're what? seeing the true beauty of it Yes. Which is self-governance, right? Right. And they're and realizing that, about, you know what? Go ahead, Stephanie. I, I just wanted to say I wanted to talk about Sandersville. And uh, Sandersville uh, was born of my discontent with Bernie losing the nomination. 
I I knew it was either going to be Trump or Hillary, with uh, Hillary being at that point the most likely outcome. And I just felt like, you know, we don't have a direct democracy party. We don't have um, any real direct democracy. And then I read Bernie's book, and he talks about the kibitz that he had visited in his early uh, years. And it and it's exactly what I had always envisioned with Sandersville, which is everybody living in harmony with direct democracy, that everybody has a say in how everything goes. And, and it's an intentional community. And um, I have a Facebook page now called Sandersville Living Direct Democracy. I have a Facebook group, rather. If you want to join it, please, please uh, look me up and... Uh, Join. Uh, I would love to have you. We we have a about two hundred people that are interested. I'm trying to now raise money to move forward in creating a nonprofit. But I had wanted to talk to Tony because he already has a nonprofit formed. Uh, maybe I could kind of piggyback on his nonprofit because it's a it's a really laborious task to become a nonprofit. Um, I was looking forward to uh, getting this started because I think, and the more I thought about it and the fact that it is international and the whole world wants it and hopefully we can evolve to the point where LawGen will be that. But in the meantime, if, if Sandersville could be like an intentional international direct democracy community, you know, wouldn't it be great to have people from all different countries live there? I think it would be really cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it would be a, a um, living example right? of how uh, a direct democracy works. Right. And it could really persuade people and get them thinking that, you know, under this current system, it's it's not working. It's a major failure. And, and now I've seen this wonderful new system. And it seems to be working, you know, beautifully, just fine. Right. And that's what I wanted. To, that was my dream. And and the more I see the whole world waking up to it, the more I know the true evolution of Sandersville will be an international community. So, you know, I'm opening it up. I'm going to post in the uh, the other direct democracy groups, which I meant to put the show in today. But I'm going to go back and after it loads up, I'm going to post in those groups and uh, tell them about the show and tell them about Sandersville and tell them about your uh, page as well. And uh, we all need to support each other's efforts. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and it's, it's good that you, you, you bring that up. Um, you know, if there's anybody uh, that wants to start a Facebook uh, page, I actually, I really recommend and I don't care if you have nobody. I mean, but what you can do is just start a Facebook page, call it whatever you, you know, call Direct Democracy where, wherever you live, and try to reach out to people, and, and you'd be surprised how many people you, you'll get the support. But the reason why I encourage people to open up their own page, because I, I would like to see a, a lot of pages open up under the banner of Direct Democracy. Yeah. You know, just don't... Um, just don't follow one person and say, "Ah, you know, I'm content. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride this train." No, no. The whole point of direct democracy is you need 
participation, full participation of, of the the country or the state's uh, citizens. They, everybody has to get involved. That's the beauty of direct democracy. If you want a great country, you're going to have to go out Make there and participate <laughs> in it. Yeah. Right. You're going to have you to have, go out there and participate. You have to put the work in. There's a lot of work. Well, you I mean, work you got to put the work in. Nothing comes without work, you know. No, exactly. And it, yeah, and, but then and, at the end of the day, you can look at it and say, wow, you know, I built Look what this. we built. Look what we built. And we can do it. Yeah. I know we can do it. I know we have. Absolutely. I mean, the people, human beings are so amazing. I mean, they could be really terrible, but you know what? They can be so incredible. And I think that's what we have to aspire to, to be the best that we can be in our own everyday life. You know, that's where the change has to come in, in, in each of us personally. I made the decision. I lived a luxurious life. I lived the dot-com boom, and I busted out. And I learned so much. I learned so much that money doesn't define who I am. I learned that my job doesn't define who I am. I learned that it's all it all comes down to you regardless of what your trappings of success or failure are. It's you and you create your reality. And we all have to agree that this reality has to change. And once we do that, and I think we've gotten to that point, I think we can make it a real utopia for the entire world because we'll agree upon it. And once we agree, we can create it. Yeah, and, and again, like what you were saying, money, in a capitalist society, your job and, and, and what you make define you. Because right. when you lose your job and you're not making any money, well, all of a sudden now you're like, uh, you're the disgrace. Uh, right. Because you can mm-hmm. keep a job. And it's so ridiculous, you know. But under well, a, I have, and, and go ahead, Seth. Go ahead. I, I want to, my, my life, I'm writing a book right now about it. Um, my life is really a great example of how, you know, you can climb to the heights of capitalism, but you know what? It it leaves you empty because once you have the four cars and the 15-room house and the tennis courts and the swimming pools and all of that, you still at the end of the day say, now what do I do? I have to get more stuff? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you get to the point where it's like, this is ridiculous. And what really matters is who you are as a person and the change you affect every day is who you are living. It isn't the trappings of success that define you who you are. And that, and it isn't the private plane that Trump has that makes him a better person than everybody else. It's who you are. And the whole world is seeing that Trump is a, is a, a shell of a person. He's not, he has no con, no character. He has he has nothing worth anything. He's never read a book in his life. There's there's nothing to him. He's shallow and empty and and transparent. You can see right through him. And I think this is a big learning lesson for the people in this country to see that this is not who we want representing us. This is not what we want. This is not who American people are, you know. Or, yeah, we're money, deeper money than that. and we're money and mansions and cars. Right, we don't, don't need represent it. a cool person. Yeah, no, that doesn't it's represent. Ridiculous. 
No, maybe in a capitalist system it does. I live the life. Don't get me wrong. When you're driving your Corvette down the street and people looking at you, it's pretty cool. I'm not going to say it isn't cool to drive a Corvette because I had one. I loved it. It was great. But at the end of the day, it doesn't make you a better person to be envied. It doesn't make you a better person to say, look what I have. It makes you a better person when you help the person at the homeless shelter with a couple dollars or or buying them uh, some food or, or, you know, we have to give back to society. So many people are suffering so badly. I mean, and the people who have it don't feel it because they're in that abundance bubble. But not everybody has abundance. And, you know, if you don't walk, step outside yourself and outside your comfort zone and, and change who you are, you never evolve. And the whole purpose that we're here is to evolve and become better and make our country better. And we go through the hard times to become better people. And that's what these hard times are for, you know, to make us better. And we have to appreciate the lesson that they give us and work hard to master it. And that's what I've done in my life. And I want to bring it to the government. And I want to, and my, and I'm just on a roll here, if you pardon me. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. on a ranting roll here. Um, That's all right. my, big, my big idea for for a painless tax in the state of Connecticut that I believe will eliminate poverty is what I'm going to call the roundup for real change. Voluntary for individuals, but mandatory for businesses. Every purchase round up to the dollar. So if it's leftover change, 12 cents, so uh, 82 cents. Uh, 88 cents yeah 88 cents is uh to the do- goes to donate to house the homeless uh, jobs whatever whatever we need to get people out of poverty in the state of Connecticut that tax will do and it's a painless tax it's and I believe making it voluntary will actually make people give more because you know It'll be open-ended. If you want to donate more than just the the dollar, you can. I mean, to get people activated and caring, I think that's what has to happen because we have to care for our fellow man. Connecticut is the richest, one of the richest states in the country. And to have such wealth and to have such poverty living side by side, for example, Bridgeport and Fairfield are two cities. Port is very, um, very poor and, uh, Fairfield is very wealthy and they're right next to each other. And you have such disparity. Um, the income inequality is staggering. Um, we we have to raise up the lowest in, in our state. And I believe if it's shown to do well in the state, then it could go to the country. And it does well in the country, then it could go worldwide. But the bottom line is this money that is raised from this painless tax has to be administered by people who are incorruptible because we have a $5 tax on a pack of cigarettes in this. I'm a, I'm a smoker. I will admit it. I pay a $5 a pack tax on a pack of cigarettes. I have no idea where that money goes. It goes in the general fund. General what? You know how many people buy cigarettes every day in the state for $5 a pack on that tax? It's crazy amounts of money and they're in a deficit. It's crazy. 
I'm sorry, that's just yeah, that was just my rant. <laughs> no, that's okay. But I mean, the, especially in a capitalist society, in a capitalist system, uh, there should be no poverty. No. But because uh, capitalism, they're taught that um, the more you accumulate, uh, the more successful you are. So it's like a status thing, right? And it's like, well, look at me, houses I got, look at me. And it's like, right. you know, you're losing the whole purpose of it. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's it's good to be successful, and you know, uh, but but if if capitalism does one thing right, it's it's through inventions um, that make people's lives better. That that to me is is success, but not someone accumulating uh, all this junk. That really doesn't define who they really are. It, it doesn't make you any better. You no, know, it doesn't. It just makes you more popular uh, amongst your uh, amongst your peers, right? I mean, it doesn't have to say nothing. But I mean, again, right? Under a capitalist system, with all the wealth that that is created, there should be nobody on the street. So, I mean, that's just inexcusable. It truly it is. is inexcusable. And the fact that we allow it is our shame. It is our shame. I mean, there's no reason. For, I mean, myself, I live in a blue collar town. It's a very, uh, it's an old mill town. There are a lot of empty old factories in it. And there are a lot of people suffering, a lot of very poor people. And the outskirts of town are very, very wealthy people that the New York City, uh, Wall Street people come up on the weekends and live in the, um, in the country towns outside of the city that I live in. And, uh, they don't contribute anything. There should be, with all the money that is up here, everybody should be floating, uh, uh, walking on diamonds in the soles of their shoes. I mean, and and people are are starving to death, literally, in this town. So, I mean, I fight every day for the homeless. There was a tent city in the in the mall in the uh, shopping center behind us of over two hundred people living in uh, tents. Because uh, they had no place to live, and really, go you go to the uh, gas station and people were there begging for money all the time, begging for money all over the place. Um, it's a tear. I mean, they're in the streets with signs saying "We'll work for food." Um, it's not. It's not a good time here, you know. And and people no, are insulated. No, and they don't see it. They don't see and it. And that is a sign that your country is uh, is a is. A, is a failure. Like your political system's a failure. That's a complete failure. Yeah, and you know, again, like if if people were in charge of the country, then uh, believe me, none of this would be would be happening. Um, no, it wouldn't at all. You wouldn't have these ten cities and all this uh, this absurdity, right? It's heartbreaking. You have people take yeah, yeah. You'd have people. It is very heartbreaking, and you have people taking care of people. Um, but unfortunately, that is not going to change. Sorry, guys, but uh, the reality is, it's not going to change until the system is replaced, until representative democracy is replaced with direct democracy, and that's the only time you're going to see real change. But until then, you're going to see the same old, same old, but worse, because uh, under a capitalist system, especially the one that we have now, the um, um, monopoly type system. Uh, what, what would you call it? Uh, the oligarchs? Is that what? Oligarchy, kleptocracy. 
Yeah, well, you know, I mean, so many names are, but as long as you got those few corporations trying to buy up all the uh, smaller ones, um, you're going to continue to have the same, um, but worse. You're going to have more people because as they amass more wealth, now they're taking more money out of, uh, <coughs> of your hands, my hands, and that's only going to create more poverty. So, right. I mean, uh, people have to start waking up. They have to start their own Facebook pages, uh, reach out, communicate with people on Facebook, on YouTube, and share, uh, Instagram. I just have to say this. If you see something that you think is good on Facebook, that you think someone should know, that people should know, share it. What drives Absolutely. me crazy is that people do not share stuff. And they are they share stupid stuff and they don't share the stuff that's important. Share information. I mean, you shared today. Now this is something that was not in any of the uh, media in the U.S. That uh, Iceland uh, of equal passed pay. the laws for the equal pay. Yes, right. they're requiring right. equal pay from their private and public uh, sector, uh, right. which is tremendous. Tremendous. They're not, I applaud. Of you're not going to hear a word about that in the U.S. No, and it's funny that the act that news story was, uh, I think it was one of the most viewed. Was one of the most viewed on my, um, uh, in my uh, on my page. So that's great. Yeah, it's it's, it's more uh, more censorship. Yeah, but I applaud I applaud Iceland big time. I mean, again, they 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 come they, up big again. You know, they they're they're driven by people. They're it's uh, citizens are first there. Uh, it's not. Um, it's not corporations are first. No, it's citizens are first because uh, they understand that uh, without citizens, you don't have a country. So they, I mean, they, it just citizens. seems. It just seems the United States wants the people to kill themselves. Literally, they're driving people insane. I mean, people are. In well, they're doing a good job of it. Yeah, they are. They're doing a hell of they're, a good job. Yeah. The despair is so. I mean. It is really, I mean, everybody's unhappy and and just so upsetting, so upsetting. Yeah, but it will, you know, you know what? It will change, Stephanie. And I and and it, I mean, I'm looking forward to that day. And uh, I and by no means I don't want it to be violent. I I, I don't want no, it. no. I don't want we it to be it violent like because then we can do it yeah, like Iceland. Exactly. Yeah, I hope they do it as peaceful as possible because. Uh, once you start using violence, uh, then it gets really ugly. No, and we don't need knows, violence. No, you don't, don't need. need you definitely don't need violence. I mean, you can't in this in this scenario fight fire with fire because that's what they want no, you, you to do. They have so much no. firepower. It, it's, it's you can't. They, oh man, you can't use it because they're just oh. annihilate you. <laughs> the industrial complex, the military industrial complex. <laughs> You know, you're you're not going to win against them. I mean, it's no. Gonna, and I know Americans have a lot of guns. Uh, I mean, you, you can have your gun, but I mean, you're not going to stop a tank. But uh, you know what? It just I, I'm just hoping that that day does come, and it's going to be very peaceful, and people are going to say, okay, you know what? We've had enough of this. But I, I do hope that whatever they replace it with. It's not going to be what they have now. And again, I got direct democracy. Hopefully, by the time. Yes, it's going to be direct democracy. 
hopefully by the time we get to that crescendo that we will be able to uh I think we're picking up steam on social media and I think between you and I and everybody else that's out there advocating, I think we're gonna make a dent and uh get people to get turned on to this because we should talk a little bit about the uh history of uh, direct democracy for people that aren't familiar uh it was uh founded in Athens um particularly just in Athens and only for the uh elite it wasn't slave slaves and women um we're not allowed no we're not allowed but uh it was direct democracy everybody had a say and everybody had a voice and that's how democracy started and uh you know, we decided we need representatives because our populations got too large. Um, but now we have the technology to bring every bring democracy right to your computer in your in your living room, or your wherever it is, on your phone, and uh, get involved because you, you need to know what's going on and you need to have your voice heard. Yeah, and and technologies like Login are are. Um, helping close that gap so right. that one day a representatives will be pretty much uh, obsolete. So, I mean, it's, um, again, it's a forum. Login is a forum for people to get online and, and discuss ideas or maybe they need help with something or uh, whatever it may be, even uh, decide elections um, or even decide... Um, it could be uh, could be something you could use as a you know a, a vehicle for referendums. Right. So it's definitely the future, and I mean it's really it's coming close. So I think in in a, in a number of years, I think um, if they implement direct democracy, I think uh, representatives uh, will be obsolete because they're not going to be they're not going to be needed basically, right? No. No, we don't need them. I'm, I mean, there's one thing to be facilitators and deliverers of the message, but when you get to interpret the message and you get to shape it the way you want and not what the people want, that's when it becomes convoluted. And uh, we need direct democracy. We have to have the people directly in charge because they cannot handle the job, apparently. Um, and it's, they've, yeah. proven that. they've proven it over and yeah. over and over again. So I mean, what, yep, what, over two hundred years. I mean, you know, we do have the power, and we have to use it. So, in in closing, I just want to say, um, you know, I do have a Facebook page. It's uh, uh, Direct Democracy for Canadians. You know, uh, if you want to come on, join. Uh, again, I encourage you to open up your own. You know, do some research on direct democracy. Uh, open up your own page, spread the word. Uh, there's even Stephanie's, Sandersville. Uh, uh, what's it called again, Stephanie? Sandersville. Sandersville Living Direct Democracy. Living Direct Democracy. Yeah, and you reach out to Stephanie, and then she'll, you know, she'll uh, lead you to, uh, to 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 some people that are that are also um, interested in direct democracy, and you can start your own little community, and then again, just spread the word, you know. And share, 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 like you were saying. You see any news stories on your on your newsfeed um, that you find interesting, 
uh, share them because there might be a lot of people that might find that same news feed interesting. So that's another way of uh, spreading the information. And the more you share, the more people are going to see it. So it's a very powerful tool. People don't realize how much power they have, you know. I mean, it, it, the power is awesome. And uh, no, and they, remember, they watch right, they watch in, yeah, in, in everything we say. So the more talk about direct democracy, the more scared you will make them. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Because they're watching. Absolutely. Believe me. They, they know. Absolutely. They know every little thing absolutely. that's going on. So uh, yep. let's, let's give them something to talk about. Absolutely. And in closing, I will also say, but again, my name is Stephanie Piddock, P-I-D-D-O-C-K. I have a political Facebook page um, that you can follow. I update that constantly. I also have Connecticut Progressives Facebook page. That is a incredible resource for uh, news, uh, what's going on politically. That's a great place to go. I'm also an admin of the Bernie Sanders for President 2020 group that has 120,000 members. There may be a couple of them. That's what I'm telling you how many members to know which group I'm, I'm an admin of. That's um, We have the best admins. There's about 100 of us for the group, and we work very hard to put the best news and information in there. So as mother of all groups, the Bernie Sanders for President 2020 group is, uh, is top of the line for vetted information. Because we make sure we don't let just anything in there. Um, we work hard at making a good group. Uh, and Sandersville, Living Direct Democracy. That is my dream that I want to make reality an international community of direct democracy. On There's a golf course in Western Mass. Marijuana is legal in Massachusetts right now. Um, we're hoping it will stay that way. We don't know with this attorney general what's going on. But uh, I know the people of Massachusetts won't take any crap. But I'll tell you what. We will turn this golf course into the most beautiful commune the world has ever seen. And uh, ruled by direct democracy. Ruled by the people. And uh, let's do it. Please join my group. Uh, We have some great information in there. Um, Please join Nick's group. And... uh, We'll see you soon. I don't know when our next when's our next show, Nick. Well, I got someone coming on Saturday. I got uh, Larry, uh, I don't remember his last name, but uh, he's uh, I think he's a leader of the uh, Western Alliance Party, which is based here in Canada in Alberta. So if he's okay. coming on Saturday. Uh, I believe nine o'clock. So he'll, he'll nine be there o'clock Saturday. on Saturday. Okay, so we'll be on nine o'clock Saturday. Look for us. And follow us on Blog Talk Radio so you get the updates. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great night. I'll play you out with, uh, as we talked earlier, with Terry Greed is the uh, running theme and the reason why we're in this tremendous mess. So Gabriel Aldort with Greed will play us out. Have a great night, everybody. Take care. Good night. Good night. Thank you.
Got to go away. The greed has got to go. 